0: So Money Episode 368, Adrian Richardson.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place.
0: Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. So Money is brought to you today by Wix.com. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer made customizable templates to choose from, the drag and drop editor, and even video backgrounds. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. The site empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnush Tarabi. Great to have you with me. Thanks for joining. Our guest today went from bankruptcy to earning five figures a month. Adrian Richardson is here. She is a Facebook ads expert. What does that mean? Well, she helps her clients become internet famous through high converting Facebook ads. That's her genius. Whether you're a doctor, millionaire entrepreneur, Adrienne Richardson, she's a lead expert. And she boasts that her clients are getting more sales calls with qualified leads, participants for their webinars, and buyers for their products, which leads to millions of dollars in revenue. And she herself has an incredible financial story. She went from bankruptcy to net. of course, making a lot of money with her business. Her expertise has made her now the go-to online marketing strategist for businesses. She also has experience building two multiple six-figure businesses, including a print magazine. And a fun fact, she was an Air Force paramedic for seven years, saved many lives. She's an incredible human being. We're going to learn from Adrienne how she transitioned from bankruptcy to getting back on her two feet and starting this massive, successful business. The biggest mistake people make, spending money on Facebook ads, and the number one way to get the biggest bang for your buck on Facebook. Here is Adrian Richardson. Adrian Richardson, welcome to So Money. I'm excited to learn how to engage more on Facebook and uh, crack that Facebook ad code. It's not easy. Uh, no, it's not. And that's why you're the expert. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit how this became your niche. Facebook Ads Expert. That's a pretty serious title these days because, you know, a lot of the traditional advertising is moving over to Facebook and social media. You're in such a sweet spot. How did this become your genius?
1: Well, my background is in um PR and marketing. I used to work for an advertising agency in Philadelphia um when I graduated from college. And after A a couple of years there, I got laid off from my job and I was pregnant. I was worried I wasn't going to get hired anywhere else. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I was going to be a new mom. And uh, that led me to my first business that I started, which was I owned a print, uh, a parenting magazine that was print magazine. And, you know, that's a, a whole nother story. But going from there, I sold that business and I started my own marketing agency, about two and a half years ago. And originally, I, you know, I was everything to anybody. I would take any client, you know, whether they wanted press releases or email marketing or social media management, it didn't matter. Just, you know, when you're first starting your business, you're just take whatever you can get. Um, So I started out much more broad. But within the first year of my business, I realized that um, there was a lot of things I didn't enjoy doing particularly anymore. And there were a lot of... clients that I didn't really enjoy working with. So that first year in business, I really started to weed out the things that I did not enjoy doing and learn more and more about the things I loved doing. And what I was left with at the end of that year was Facebook ads. Uh, so I didn't intend to specialize mm-hmm. in that. But because of my background in marketing and advertising, PR, my ability to understand Facebook and be very strategic with it, the two just really were it, it just created magic. And so I found that that was something I was really, really good at. And I loved doing it. So I just stopped doing everything else.
0: Your testimonials speak for themselves. One client who made over $2, 000, $2 million in sales in, in a year, thanks to your help. Another um, who said she increased sales by 8,000%. Is it is that really how powerful Facebook is and can be?
1: It is. And, you know, the mistake that people make with Facebook ads is that because it's so available to people and really anybody could go and click a couple boxes and set up an ad, then people do that and they just throw something together. They don't put a lot of thought into it. And then they're like, oh, well, Facebook doesn't work. But when you actually have a sales funnel that you're driving that traffic into, whether it's, you know, an email list or webinars, whatever you're using, you know, that funnel that you have is really where the magic actually happens, where they convert to buyers. And so once you've got that funnel in place, the traffic part, of course, this is, you know, my opinion, because it's easy for me, but that part is the easy part. I know that's the part everybody thinks is hard, but for me, you know, it's just a matter we, we, we're going to drive the right traffic into it, first of all. So that is the challenge there. But, um, as long as you've got a funnel in place that converts those clicks into clients, um, then you there's no limit to really how much money you can earn from it.
0: Well, let's dive a little bit into the challenge, which is finding that that market that you know getting those people in through your funnel. How do you? Where do you even start? Um, let's say you're a budding entrepreneur. You have very limited money. How much money do you at least need to really? invest in Facebook ads properly? Does it have to be this like $10,000 investment? Can you do something with say a few hundred bucks? And then as far as targeting, what are the most important things to to keep in mind?
1: When I first started doing ads and I was just starting out in my business, I didn't have a lot of extra money. And so I literally would take like $100. You know, if I made some money, I'd take $100. I'd run an ad for $10 a day for 10 days. Because I only had a hundred bucks and, you know, that would generate a few leads for me. Then I'd make some more money. And then another day, you know, another time I'd say, okay, I have another hundred bucks that I can spend. I spend $10 a day for 10 days. And I just did what I could in the beginning you know, now I'm in a position where I I spend way more than that on ads. And so you really can get started with a small amount. You're not going to get huge results with a small amount, but you can get started. And then you work your way up to that. Nobody starts out spending $10,000, $20,000 a month on ads. Nobody starts there. Um, Is it even necessary?
0: Is it even necessary to spend that much? That's crazy.
1: It really depends on your income goals and how much, the um, what the price point is of what you're selling. Um, For instance, you know, my client that is generating 2 million a year in sales, he's selling something that costs $10,000. Now you're going to need to talk to a lot of people before you're going to get someone who's going to spend $10,000. So you have to spend more So that you have more people to talk to, but the profit margin is so huge on that. You know, he spends $200 per person he talks to. So when you sell one in four, you paid $800 to make a sale for, of $10,000. So the profit margin is so high there that they're, they're just like, hey, let's crank this up. Let's make as much as we possibly can. For someone who's just looking to get started and they're like, hey, you know, I'd like to make $5,000 a month in my business. No, they don't need to make spend anywhere near that amount. If they're doing it properly, they've got a good sales funnel. They could easily spend $1,000 on ads to make
0: $5,000. Can or, you walk you know, us through it amount. a little bit? I'd love to get even more granular. I mean, without giving away your, your secrets, <laughs> um, <laughs> what are some practical ways to make the most of your dollars when you're advertising using Facebook?
1: One of the ways to get the quickest return on your investment is to do webinars. So for instance, you you run an ad that tells, you know, uh, it, we talk about putting the right message in front of the right audience. So that is the most important thing with the ad. You need to have a really clear copy that is strong. I know you had Laura Belgoray on recently. She's a copywriter. She's my copywriter, actually. Oh, really? And yeah. <laughs> Small world. And I know, right? And um so the copy is really important. So you've got to put the right message in front of the right people, and that message has to pique their curiosity so much that they want to click. And then they get to a landing page where it tells them about the webinar. And again, the copy on that page needs to be very strong and so intriguing that this complete stranger who's never heard of you before, doesn't know who you are, wants to give you their email address and, and also an hour of their time or however long the webinar is um, to uh, and opt in for the webinar. So that copy needs to be really strong. And then you do a webinar. On that webinar, you sell them something. And I have many, many, many clients that, you know, they're spending... $2,500 on ads, and they're making $10,000 on the other end. And so with a webinar, you can literally run ads for a few days, get people on a webinar and make sales that day. So you can get, it's a quick return on investment. You're talking about getting your money back within you know, seven days or less.
0: That webinar better be good, though, too.
1: <laughs> yes, that is true, too. And believe me, I did a lot of webinars where I didn't make a single sale because, until I learned how to really do them. So it is. And that's why I say you you really want to make sure that you have a strong sales funnel in place before you mm-hmm. just start dumping money into traffic.
0: What's your financial philosophy, Adrian? As you've built this business uh, on your own, kind of serendipitously, how... Um, Do you perceive how do you look at money and how it maybe supports your business or even your family now?
1: Well, my view on money has changed a lot over time and and uh, you know, maybe we get into my story some if we have time, but you know, I've gone from doing really well to losing every single thing that we had, filing bankruptcy, losing our home and everything, and then building it back up to where I am today where we own our dream home and doing very well. Um And so I feel like my money mindset and my, you know, I, my views on money have changed depending on the situation I'm in. Um, But I can certainly tell you that one of the things that has always rang true for me is that, you know, money making opportunities are all around us and we, there is always more money to be made, but there is not always more time. You can't make more time you can always make more money. And so I try to remember that in every single decision that I make is, you know, is this worth my time? You know, is this a money making opportunity I should put the time into? And so, you know, we can always, always make more money. We can't make more time.
0: So that's a really interesting point. What do you do to earn back time then? Because as if time is really important to you, I assume there are a lot of things that you outsource.
1: Yes. So in the beginning, when I started my business, I wasn't in a position where I could outsource, you know, I was doing everything. Uh, and a lot, that's pretty much how every entrepreneur is. When they first start out, they're wearing all the hats in their business. They're doing everything. But as soon as you're able, uh, then I believe in outsourcing as soon as you're able. And something as simple, the first thing that I actually outsourced was cleaning my house, uh, (laughs) because it allowed me to have more time. Cleaning Mm -hmm. my house doesn't make me money. But that that you know, hour each week, you know, the time that it takes, I could use that in my business to make me more money, and it's something that's pretty low cost, you know, as far as outsourcing goes. And so that was the very first thing I outsourced was cleaning cleaning my house.
0: I um, I, I completely agree. I, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir. I know all about yeah. that. What would you say was your most Pivotal money experience as a kid growing up. I wonder how much your childhood influenced your financial outlook on life.
1: Um, that's a really interesting question because I grew up a military brat. Both my parents were in the military and I was in the military myself at one point in time. Uh, and so, you know, we always lived on a military base and we always had what we needed. We did not live lavishly, we didn't have a lot of fancy stuff, but we always had what we needed. You know, we weren't hungry. And, you know, I had nice clothes to wear and stuff. Um, And, but one big thing that always stuck in my, in my mind that my mom always taught me was to never pay full price for anything. And for a long time, that made me a very cheap buyer. Like I would buy based on price instead of quality. Like I would, I was the one that bought the cheapest one. Like if there were three versions, I was going to buy the cheapest. Um, But as I've grown up and been through different experiences and where I'm at now, my mindset has changed around that. And now I actually have no problem paying extra for quality Uh, because I've learned that, you know, typically you pay for what you get Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. or you get what you pay for. said that backwards. Um, And you just, I find that, um, again, I'm in that position now where I can pay for the quality. So as soon as I could, that's really how I see things now. If I can't have something right away, um, then I'd rather save up for it and get the one that's quality than to get the cheap one I can get right now, which is how I used to think. It would be like, well, I'll just get the base model car so right. I can get it right now. <laughs> you know. And uh, that's kind of changed now.
0: Would you ever say that you experienced a financial failure? I wonder if that could- thinking from childhood leaked into uh, your decision-making as an adult at any point, and if that backfired, you know, or maybe I'm just uh, trying to connect dots that aren't there. But in any case, did you ever have a financial failure of sorts as an adult?
1: Um, I did. What I I touched on uh, a little while ago, you know, being that, we talk about my childhood and the way that I saw money, you know, I, I did see money as kind of, I wouldn't say I didn't say it, see it as evil or anything like that. But certainly there was a lot of things being fed to me about money that were negative. Um, and I don't know exactly how that played a role in my life as a grown up. But I do know that I always pretty much lived paycheck to paycheck up until, you know, the last few years of my life, I lived paycheck to paycheck. And um, I'd say my biggest financial failure was when I sold my first business. I did not get an attorney involved involved. And um, ended up agreeing to a deal that pretty much I ended up giving my business away and got paid very little for it. And at the same time that that happened, my husband got laid off. And so we went from two full time incomes doing very well um, to no income whatsoever within 30 days. And um, for the next two and a half years, pretty much continued to go downhill. I had debt from the business that um, the new owner did not take on. Uh, my husband was out of work for two and a half years. He would work, you know, here and there, off and on. And um, we lost everything. We had to file bankruptcy. We had to move out of our home. And uh, I'd say, you know, that was my biggest failure. We never bothered to save. You know, it was like, hey, I'm making great money. My magazine's doing great. You are you have a great job. Um, you know, he had never been laid off ever in his life. Um, and so we didn't really plan for anything to go wrong. And when it did, we literally had no, no backup plan. Uh, So I would say that's definitely something I'm not proud
0: of. How did you begin to rebuild after that? That is quite a blow. I have to say, you know, like (laughs) emotionally, financially, psychologically, how did you begin to repair? And now, of course, you're doing so well. So where, how did that transition initially happen?
1: Well, you know, one of the things, and I talked about, you know, money-making opportunities always come my way. And that has been true for me my whole life. And I don't know if it's just... Uh, when for me, I'm a problem solver. So when something goes wrong, I might cry about it for a day. And then I'm like, okay, what do we have to do to solve this? Um, I'm not one that gets depressed or down. I'm one that's like, okay, boom, let's go into action. And so initially, I mean, I sold anything I had of value. I did a yard sale every Saturday. I'd make like four hundred dollars at every yard sale. I started selling jewelry like I am the kind of person that when push comes to shove, you Know it's bad, we have to do something. I just get out there and hustle, and it, I don't care what it is. There's not, I'm not too proud to do anything and not too good to do anything. And I just did what I had to do. My husband started getting side jobs, and you know, we pretty much did whatever we could do to make money. Um,
0: when did you know you had made a quote unquote comeback? What was that so money moment like?
1: Uh. <laughs> Well, the, the thing was, is the month, the the exact month that we found out we had to leave our house, I had told my husband, he was like, you got to go get a job, you know? And I was like, like a real job. Like I, like I said, I was selling jewelry. I was doing this and that. And, um, I said, I'm, I said, I don't need to go get a job. I have a skill. I have a degree in public relations. I know how to do marketing. I owned a magazine. I am not going to get a job at Target. I have a skill. I'm going to start my own business. And of course he's like, great. This is a great time to do that. You know? <laughs> And, um, I, so when I started my business, it was pretty much when we were at the bottom and I felt like I had nothing to lose. So why not? And,
0: um, that's exactly it. Right. I mean, that's kind of the silver lining to losing everything is that like you'll do anything and and, and any day where you're making even a little bit more money is, is a great day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so my turning point for me, so my first in my ninth month of business was my first month that I made $10,000 in that month. Wow. And I, and when you go from having nothing and someone tells you, you could make $10,000 a month, that t- feels like I would be the richest person in the world if I was making $10,000. Really? $10,000. Like that just seemed outrageous, unbelievable, never going to happen to me. Uh, so when it happened, you know, I was like, th- I've, I've hit the jackpot. Like this is it. And my husband was like, it's a fluke, you know? <laughs> it's a fluke. Well, thanks. Yeah, you thanks, did, honey. It. Yeah. Well, fluke, he met like, well, you did it that month, but it was not going to happen again next month. You know, like he, my husband and our, we're opposites. I'm the optimist. He's the pessimist, you know? And so he was like very proud of me and excited. But in his, his eyes, it was like, oh, great. But we, you won't be able to do that again. Hmm. And, um, and so then the next month you know, I, I maintained it and the next month. It grew a little bit more and it grew a little bit more. And within, I don't know, three or four months or something, I was making 20,000 a month. Mm. And then, you know, and he was shocked by that. And I was like, I think I could do 30, 30,000 a month. And he's like, no, no, he's like, no way. Like you're doing great. You know, this is awesome, but I don't even see how it's possible. Like how could to both again, for both of us, this, you've got to think that this is like money, Again, we felt like we'd be like millionaires, (laughs) you know, like you're like 20,000. And again, he's like, well, you know, let's see if it stays 20, but there's no way you you just can't do 30. And within three or four months after that, I was doing 30,000 a month. And he was like, oh my, I mean, I just can't even put into words how that feels when you go from having nothing to having that. And really it was about, like I said, nine months, I hit 10K and then about at the 18 month Uh, Mark, I was around, you know, between 2030. And so I told him, I said, I think I can do 50,000 a month. And he said, I believe you. And uh, in in December of 2015, I Mm -hmm. hit 50,000 a month. It was pretty incredible.
0: And are you any busier or you've just gotten better at your job?
1: Yeah. So as my as I got better and better at what I was doing and I had more and more people coming to me, I started to weed out those clients. Remember I said when I started my business I'd just take anything anybody would pay me? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So as the demand grew and my skill grew and I, you know, earned the right to charge more um be from the results I was producing for people, I would raise my rates and some clients would stay with me and, and some would fall away. And um as I raised my rates um, I would always lose clients and then I would gain new clients. So my workload hasn't really increased that much because again, when I was being paid so little, I was doing t- basically the same amount of work I'm doing now. I just was getting paid way less for it.
0: And uh, that's a lesson not to be intimidated or shy to raise your rates if you've, if you've earned it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it is a little scary, you know. For me, it's really important for my clients to feel not to feel like they're just a a paycheck to me, you know. um, I have a couple clients that are still at a little bit lower rate than what I charge right now, and it just doesn't feel right for me. I've I've increased my price a little bit for them, but they've been with me for so long, and they're such great clients that I love working with them. And so, you know, we'll get there. I'll gradually increase that price, but I just I need to do what what just feels really good to me, and I don't want them to ever feel like. I don't appreciate them as a client. So it is a fine line, you know.
0: What's your number one money habit, Adrian? Do you have something that you do regularly, consciously to help you with your finances?
1: Uh, the money habit that I have, and it came, I can't take credit for it, but it came from a book called Profit First. Um one of the things that the author Mike uh, McCallowitz, says in there is that no matter how much money your business makes or how much money you make, you should always try to run your business as if you're still in a startup phase and you have no money. Um, so in other words, you don't have a lot of extra expenses. You spend the money on the things you need and I'm spending money on outsourcing and I'm spending more on advertising. But sometimes as you're making more, you're like, oh yeah, I can get that and I, I can do this and I can do that. And it's not necessarily smart. You're just doing it because you can. Uh, And so I consciously every month look at my expenses and make sure that every single one of them is necessary. And I do always look for ways to save money. Not I don't want I don't cut quality anymore to save money, but I do always look at are there other vendors or are this this or that. Uh, And so I do that on a regular basis. I make sure that I'm not just spending because I can.
0: Yeah, because there's a thing called cost creep, right? You get used to a lifestyle, you start paying for things regularly, automatically, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to just, you know, uh, get complacent. And meanwhile, prices for things may go up, you just, you've, you've signed into it, you've opted into it, yeah. and... I think I had a guest on one time and she completely inspired me. She said every year she and her husband do a ground zero budget audit. In other words, they like take everything off the table. They pretend like they're rebuilding their budget from scratch. (gasps) Your life changes every year, sometimes even every six months. You know, your your life just takes you in different directions. What you needed five months ago, you don't need anymore, but maybe you're still paying for because you're used to it. Yeah. And so uh, that's a great tip, especially for business owners, because I think uh, one of the challenges is kind of keeping enough money on hand for your business, but also not dipping into your household savings.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: It's how do you reconcile those two worlds financially?
1: Um, For me, they're completely separate. And again, it was something I can't recommend the book Profit First enough for people who are business owners, because he talks about how our our, our, financial accounting system for business owners is actually a little bit messed up. And what we usually do as business owners is you have money come in, you pay all your vendors, all your employees, and then whatever's left over, if there is anything left over, you pay yourself that. And he says, that's completely backwards because you're the most valuable person in your business. So what happens, what you should do is the money comes in, you pay yourself first, And then whatever's left over dictates how much you can spend on your business, what your operating expenses are. And so you're never spending more than your business should be spending. And so I've made that change in my business. So I I pay myself a salary. I pay myself every two weeks. And that money goes from my business account into my personal account. And I keep my personal and business expenses completely separate. But I always pay myself first.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's do some so money. Fill in the blanks, Adrian. I did not send you the prep packet. So you are completely (laughs) caught off guard here, which is kind of fun for me. I'm going to start a sentence and then you finish it. First thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say, I mean, I I would love to hear your answer to this because you were in bankruptcy. (laughs) So You win the lottery, $100 million. The first thing I would do is...
1: Hire someone who could help advise me on the best way to keep the, mo- mo- the majority of my money.
0: Yeah. So don't give it to Uncle Sam.
1: <laughs> right. I have, that's one thing I'm efficient. focusing on right now. I'm focusing right now. How do I keep more of my money? <laughs> exactly.
0: Good answer. One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is?
1: My personal assistant. They run all my errands, do my laundry, go to the post office, pick up my groceries. It just frees me up from all those errands that take up all your time.
0: Love that. Now, does your personal assistant also do anything with your business? No. Okay, just I do have stuff.
1: I have an assistant for my business, but I have a personal assistant that just does thing my my personal things. Hmm. They're when- local, so my personal um, assistant is local. They come to my house and stuff. My business assistant is virtual.
0: Gotcha. My biggest splurge, biggest splurge that I spend a lot of money on, but I wouldn't have it any other way is? Food.
1: I love to eat. I love to eat out. I hate cooking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will pay a New lot York, of money. New York, right? For a- you, live in, you live in the city or?
1: I live in New Jersey. I actually live very far south. I'm like three hours from New York City. I'm deep south, South Jersey. Uh, and I love a good steak. So, I mean, my favorite restaurant is the Palm and it's quite expensive for two people, but I'll gladly pay that just to enjoy a steak.
0: Yeah. The Palm is excellent. Yeah. Um, one thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is.
1: Well, like I said, one of the things I believe now is that you can always make more. Mm -hmm. There's, there's not a lack of money in the world. We can, there's enough out there for everyone
0: when I donate, I like to give to blank because?
1: I like to give to, um, injured veterans because I'm a veteran myself. And that's something that I care uh, deeply about is our
0: military. I'd love to hear more about that a little bit. You know, what did you do for the military and how long were you in the armed forces?
1: Uh, I was in the air force for seven years and I was a paramedic. So I, uh, did lots of I've saved lots saved lots of lives doing wow. CPR. I've delivered lots of babies. <gasps> uh, you know, lots of car accidents. And I was a uh, I was a paramedic in the Air Force for seven years. But then when I got out of the Air Force and I moved to New Jersey, I was a paramedic in Atlantic
0: City for two years, which was quite exciting. <laughs> Can you believe where life's taken you? I think what, uh, what a fascinating journey you've had.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I wanted to be a doctor, but I I'm horrible at, at calculus, so uh, that didn't work out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're very good at calculating on Facebook. I have to say that's, that's a, it's a great niche to have, especially right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Um, this is fun. I'm Adrian Richardson. I'm so money because. Because
1: I believe that we all can have everything that we desire when we make smart decisions with money
0: love that. Thank you so much Adrian. Um one day when I'm ready to make the big splurge on Facebook, maybe not too long in the future, too distant in the future, I'll be calling you. Awesome. I and love that. I hope many people will come your way from this uh from this episode. Thanks so much and and, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Adrian, her website is adrianrichardson.com. She's also on Twitter at adrian Media. We've got the transcript, audio, and comments from this episode and all previous episodes for free at somoneypodcast.com. Go over there, hang out, send me a question too. Click on Ask Farnoosh and send me your question for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope to see you right back here tomorrow and I hope your day is so money.